It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a magic marker. A, a felt pen. It's a mistake. It's a trap. It's a fucking comedy. It's quiet. Maybe too quiet. It's all happening. It's a good day to die. It's a good day to talk about movies. Welcome back. It is a good day to talk about Kenobi episode one. Yeah, baby. Can you hear the excitement in our voices, dude? We are excited to talk about this. I am your host, Duncan. Joining me as always is Gardner. Welcome back, folks. I'm really excited about this one. Yes. Like I said, we are ready for this one. We've been ready for this one. We've been hyping it up all week before we even saw it. So we didn't even know how good it was going to be. But I'm going to do a quick spoiler warning right here for our opinions. I think that we have a lot to say about it. And then I'm also going to do another spoiler warning because I don't know when we're going to start getting into what happened. Yeah, we might. It could start be very right fast. Away. You know, I don't even know. Yeah. So spoilers right now. If you haven't seen episode one, get out of here. Stop listening. Get back to us afterwards. And for everyone else, that was your spoiler warning for Kenobi episode one. And I'm going to do it right now. Spoilers, maybe for anything Star Wars related. Probably. Gardner gets into the books, the comics. I know that we. Also, we'll talk about like some of the prequel stuff for sure, because there are some stuff that gets brought up in this. So if you're not, I don't know how you couldn't have seen the prequels and you're going to be listening to this episode. But if you haven't seen the prequels or anything like that, if you haven't seen even the shows, anything like that, everything is on limits. So everything's fair game. That means like Rebels. I haven't seen Rebels, but Gardner can spoil that for me. I'll try not to. (laughs) We'll see what happens. There's going to have to be some references, I think. But we'll see. Anything Star Wars related can be spoiled in this episode. Do not bitch to us. We're going all in on Star Wars starting now. Spoilers ahead. So that was your spoiler warning. We're going to do a quick, before we get into the episode, recap of our show, GDT. Here on GDT, we talk about movies we love and interview independent filmmakers. Every Friday, we have our full episode where we interview an independent filmmaker or someone else related to the filmmaking industry. We really, really love the opportunity that we get to do those interviews. So I love all of our episodes, but I have to tell you that the insight that you can get on those episodes are phenomenal because we have the luxury of talking to such great guests. So check those out if you've missed them. We have them every week on Friday. In addition to those episodes, we have three other weekly bonus episodes starting on Monday. Our first episode of the week is the Monday miniseries where we talk about nostalgia, memories of tomorrow. That's our new short film that we here on GDT are creating and going to bring to you very shortly. So if you want to know more about that, check out those episodes. We've interviewed the cast and crew. We're going through everyone. So learn more about that on Monday. On Tuesdays, we go through another bonus episode where we talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and other superhero related stuff. So for those episodes, we're going through the MCU movie by movie. We started with Iron Man from 2008. We did... The Incredible Hulk this week. Next Tuesday, we're doing Iron Man 2. And like I said, going forward, we'll do each MCU movie in order. But anytime there's a new show, movie, or anything else superhero related, so DC, Marvel, those prime shows that aren't necessarily DC or Marvel, like Invincible, anything like that that comes out superhero related, we'll also be reviewing on Tuesday episodes and we'll take a break from going through the MCU for those weeks. So like when Thor 4 comes out, for example, I've been hyping that up. I know we'll be releasing that. Stay tuned for those. And if you're into the MCU, those Tuesday episodes are for you. On Thursdays, we have another bonus episode where we talk about a new movie, a new TV show, something relevant, 
or we have a guest on to talk about a movie that they love. Last week, we talked about Set It Off with a special guest, LaToya, who picked that movie. So if you missed that one, check it out. And like I said, we do anything on those episodes. We do, like when Batman came out, we did the Batman. When new movies come out, we do those movies. We went through the whole Dark Knight trilogy on those episodes. Anything we find relevant, anything we want to do can happen on a Thursday episode. Those are our four weekly episodes. And then on top of that, we have a Sunday episode that releases once a month. That'll be releasing next Sunday. And that is just a topic to be named later. We got four hosts for those episodes. A lot of fun. If you've listened to our old episodes, you know all the hosts. I unfortunately didn't name everyone here in this episode, but check it out in the description. It'll say who hosts the episodes there. So that's what we do on GDT. You've gotten your spoiler warning. That means enough of this talk, enough of me. Let's get into our initial thoughts and then our entire discussion of Kenobi episode one. So we know that Kenobi dropped both episode one and two today, but this episode will not be spoiling anything that happened in episode two. So I haven't seen it. Gardner hasn't seen it. Not yet. So we are bringing you unspoiled thoughts from just episode one. Nothing happened in two yet. That's all you need to know. So with that being said, we're going to start with our initial thoughts. Gardner, you get to go first. What did you think, broadly, of Kenobi episode one? All right. So this is a little bit of a complicated topic for me, honestly. I feel like I really enjoyed getting to see Ewan back as Obi-Wan. I thought everything with Obi-Wan and Owen in particular, I thought Joel Edgerton was fantastic here. I thought that was really, really strong. I thought the stuff with Jimmy Smiths and the new actress for Leia, I don't know her name yet, uh, didn't really stick around for the credits that much. I thought this was the, I thought everything here kind of showcased the low points of the episode, unfortunately. I really want to like Leia in this show. I like that they have Leia in this show, but I feel like overall those pieces of the episode did not work quite as well. And I am just skeptical at the moment about the rest of the season. I just don't know really how to feel at the moment. We'll see. So I do want to give you a chance, Gardner. I know we were talking about this before the episode, and we actually watched this together, folks. I know that you don't usually get this experience, but we are in person recording GDT together. Yeah, this is rare for us. Yeah, so this is a different experience for you guys and for us as well. But I wanted to say that, Gardner, you brought it up beforehand, and I think this is a good point that you made. And since we're bringing up, I'll get into my thoughts on what are the weaker aspects and what are the stronger aspects of the episode. But since we're bringing up maybe what you think are the weaker aspects, I think it's good to voice your concern about maybe something else that you were bringing up earlier, a la Jake Lloyd. Yes. In this yes. instance. I think that is uh, definitely important that, that we talk about this. I do not want to see the Star Wars fan base come after this young actress. She's, what, like 10 years old? Jake Lloyd was about the same age. Even Ahmed Best, who played Jar Jar, he got the short end of the stick. Kelly Marie Tran, Daisy Ridley. I think we've seen a long history of harassment of actors in the Star Wars universe because we don't like their portrayal. And I really want to be careful here. I don't think that her performance was one of the stronger aspects of this episode, but I do not think in any way that she, as an actress, should receive any hate, harassment, anything of the sort for that. It is not her fault the way scenes are edited, the way scenes are written, not her fault whatsoever. 
I just want to put that out there. Yeah, I think that's totally fair, and I'm glad that you got the opportunity to say that now, because I think that we should just start off with that, because it's, like you said, I mean, still happening today, right? Obviously, the examples of Ahmed Best and Jake Lloyd are ones that really stick out, and I mean, so does Kelly Marie Trans, obviously. But the big ones I think that the media at least has covered are those two from the prequel trilogy, and I think it's important, like you said, to note that people like Daisy Ridley, even, who is not even just, I mean, because obviously Kelly Marie Tran is less of a high-profile actor, so has less of a privilege, I would say, than, not that, like, Daisy Ridley is the most privileged actor in the world, obviously, but less of a privilege than Daisy Ridley, who's getting higher-profile roles. Both of those actors are still in, you know, the 2020s, 2018, 19 range, getting that kind of hate, and people, like, to this day are still doing that, so I think it's important to note that this is not, like, a problem of the past right Mm -hmm. this is something that is still very present in the star wars fan base unfortunately right and it's something that people who do actually i think care about like people and like actually like aren't like toxic fans about the star wars shit in general know that that's not okay so Mm -hmm. anyone that's listening to this if you think it's okay to like harass an actor because of any portrayal be it star wars or not like you're wrong and and don't do that and we don't we don't co-sign that on this podcast obviously not at all But I'm going to get into my initial thoughts on it because I think that a lot of what you said, Gardner, was definitely, like, fair. But I think that I want to go maybe a little higher on the high notes. And maybe we'll reach those same highs on our thought process as we get through the episode in more detail. But I think that, for me, one of the big, I don't want to say sticking point, but things that I really noticed during it was the parts that got me going, the parts that we like to say on GDT, the fuck yeah moments, Mm -hmm. really got me saying fuck yeah. But the parts where I was like, and I don't love this word, but cringing a little bit at it were very cringy, I think. And maybe again, cringy isn't the right word for it. But the parts that I didn't love, I really was like, I really want to find an excuse for this slash like I'm really trying to not hate right now. But like as a person who does like to watch things and like be critical to a certain degree of them, like I can't just like, I have to be fair, right? Mm -hmm. And like as I'm watching it, like and we were talking because again, we... This is an unusual experience for us where we got to do this together, watch it together. Now we're recording together where we were like talking during where we were like, oh, was that scene great? Probably not. Yeah. And we'll get to what those scenes were, folks. But like I said, I think my big takeaway from it was that when it does the things that are up my alley, it's really going into them. Like, we'll start with the first scene and I'll tell you how much I love that. But then when it's like not doing what it's doing great, in my opinion, it really is kind of sinking a little bit in those aspects Mm. i think you know what i mean like it's not the best star wars has to offer at certain points and there's gonna be peaks and valleys there's gonna be lows in an episode peaks and valleys here i feel like they're a little too low i think those valleys i think so and i i wonder if that is just because it's the first episode and if they're trying to introduce people to for example the inquisitors right there's a lot of people who are going to be watching the show who don't know who the inquisitors are or what they do so we have a scene where uh, the fifth brother pulls the third sister, Riva, one of the new characters here, into the alley. And he like he admonishes her on being too rash and all this stuff. And then we have the scene before that where the Grand Inquisitor walks into a bar and like he like asks a guy, like, do you know what we do? And we hunt Jedi. And then he tells everything about why they hunt Jedi and what the process is like. It's a little uh, much. And then we have the Obi-Wan stuff, which I thought was all great. And then we have the Leia stuff, which is so far very hit or miss. I loved, in particular, the callback to 
Padme using decoys and stuff and her being like her mother. But it just feels like a lot of hills and valleys, like you said. Yeah, I think we're on the same page there. I think that we're saying a lot of the same things. And I think that's a perfect jumping off point for the episode because Mm -hmm. let's talk about, I think we were both going, fuck yeah. I mean, I saw us both lean up in our seats as we were watching that first episode. We were like, so ready for Kenobi. We were sitting there like, let's do this. And then it took us about five seconds to be like, is this what's happening right now? Are we watching what we think we're watching right now? And both of us just leaned right the fuck up in our seats Mm -hmm. and stayed there for like a lot of the episode, I would say. But that is a great juxtaposition between how good that action is in those first, I don't know if it's like 30 seconds or a minute of show, but I guess I'll reference it since, I mean, you guys have seen it, right? Or if you haven't, then you are someone who likes to listen to these episodes without having seen it, which is weird, but (laughs) (laughs) that's you. Like, do do what you want. Like, I don't care. But uh, I don't know why you would want to hear us talk about an episode you haven't heard about, but that's, I just haven't seen, but that's fine. But you've seen it, so you know that it's them escaping Order 66. Mm-hmm. The a couple it's five Jedi youths. And that is badass, and I think it's really well done. There's very minimal dialogue in it. It's like we both noticed the practical effects in the Stormtrooper armor. I was gonna make sure we shout. Yeah, shout I shouldn't say out. Stormtrooper though. I should say I should say clone trooper clone armor. Trooper. Right, of course. Yeah. But yeah, that was great, and I think that they've learned from some of their mistakes in the past in certain aspects, and then in certain aspects they haven't, I think. But with that all being said, I think, it, like I said, it is very juxtaposed by that next very exposition-heavy scene Yes, that you were mentioning, Gardner. And I think it's a very good jumping-off point because, like you were saying, it's very much trying to do a retrace of things that you would know, like I would know, for example, had I seen Rebels. Right. And I know certain aspects of it from having played parts of Fallen Order. Like, I yes. was asking certain questions, like, oh, is this the same thing? And you were like, yeah, yeah, in certain aspects, in certain aspects not. But we had some discussions about that, like, during it, where I was like, oh, are these, you know, what do I need to know right now, basically? And that's what they're trying to catch you up on in that scene. I think it is hurting it a little bit. I think so, because they started the episode, before the episode really started, they had a recap that was basically the events of the entire prequel trilogy. And to me, that was like, oh, no. They're counting on people to watch this that have never seen Star Wars before. Mm. And on one hand, great. I love welcoming new people into Star Wars land. But on the other hand, does that mean we're going to spend a lot of time explaining a lot of shit? And uh, it turns out, yeah, right, we are. And I don't think that's necessarily gatekeeping on your part. I think it's it's, it's different. It's like we're getting a different show. Yes. Yes. It's like the content itself is different because of who it's aimed for. And not because I think it's important to note, for example, that like the demographic that it's aimed for can be children. That's fine. And we actually yes. noted that during it that we're fine and we're actually looking forward to certain I wanted, things. I wanted to bring that up because especially the Leia parts feel like Star Wars is for kids. Right. George Lucas has always said that Star Wars is for kids. And maybe with Andor, we saw that trailer earlier today, we're going to get something that's a little more gritty and like adult aimed. But I think, by and large, we have to expect that we're going to get prequel kind of content. But then on the other end of that, I think, and this is where I think you're going and what you were alluding to, Gardner, is when the show itself is aimed at, and this is maybe even not for kids, because it's probably aimed at more like the 25 to 35-year-old guy who, slash girl, who isn't all the way into Star Wars, maybe. Because they know, like, they know you and I are watching it. Yes, they're trying to get, well, I mean, they picked a very talented director, Deborah Chow, right. 
who did some of my favorite episodes of The Mandalorian. And a lot of people who are now entering the Star Wars fandom, as you might say, are people that are coming from watching The Mandalorian. And so you want to meld that style with the prequel style. And I feel like there's a little bit of a clash scene here in this first episode where the tones don't necessarily flow into one another all that uh, smoothly. Right. And here, we're not going to go like scene by scene through this. I think we're going to go more of vibe. <laughs> we hate that yeah. Asian word. We're going to go by what we want to talk about and like overall themes of it, I think, because there's no need to go scene by scene. But what I think is important to note based on what you just said, Gardner, is that what we're saying here, I think at least, is true. We're positing. We're not saying it's true for sure, but this is what we're venturing a guess at saying might be the case, is that they're casting a wide net, right? Yes. And because of that, that's fine. But because of that, they are maybe being pulled in too many directions at certain points because we've even commented that as we were watching some of the fan service felt very fan servicey and we're on the same page Gardner and we have been in the past on that fan service isn't inherently bad no but when it's done poorly or when it's executed poorly and when it's just not doing anything other than being fan service or it's actually detracting from something then it's a problem right mm-hmm and they leaned a little too heavy into it when they were doing it. And it maybe feels like that was them trying to overcompensate for the exposition that you were referencing, Gardner, and the stuff yeah. where they're trying to bring in new people. And they're like, all right, well, we, if we're going to try to get as many people as we can who haven't seen or who aren't that into Star Wars as possible, we better also do a little bit to like really go into the Star Wars nerds. I don't say nerd in a bad way. I say that in a loving way. I'm a Star Wars mm-hmm. nerd. But if we're going to try to cast that wide net, then we also need to throw in these breadcrumbs for them. And because of that, I think we talked about Gardner then lingering on those a little bit too long. Yes. And then really overemphasizing some of those moments too much. And them becoming cheesy might be the right word for it. I really think um, that is my big issue with this first episode. And it's tough, right? Because... This series follows in the footsteps of the prequels, which I think cheesy would be a good word to describe a lot of aspects of those three movies. However, this is 2022 now, and when we see things like that, it really does not necessarily like clash with my preconception of Star Wars, but it is it is slightly frustrating as the viewer that we haven't like moved past that a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah. I totally get where you're coming from, and I I agree almost entirely, I think. But part of me is like, we need a little George Lucas in it. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And, right? And he was very expository. He was very, um, I love George Lucas, but I do feel like we are in this new era now of Star Wars, and we can dance around that childish element a little bit more and and i'm not saying to take it out of star wars completely because i do think that skeleton crew with jude law which is coming out uh next year i think that's going to lean into kind of the uh spielberg lucas goonies children going on an adventure aspect of storytelling and i think they're kind of trying to like soft introduce us to that here it just uh at least in this very first episode and i may be completely wrong about the rest of the series but it feels uh funky 
I think, and I don't want to put words into your mouth, Gardner, or anyone else's, but I think maybe where I'm coming from, at least, and maybe where we're both coming from, we'll see, is it can be childish in certain senses, for sure. Like, it's made for children, I get that. And I will actually push a little bit back on myself saying that in a second, but let me get to it. So, so what we want is for it to be good, right? Yeah. That's what everyone wants, obviously. That sounds like a silly thing to say, but when I say that, I mean... We can lean into the George Lucas aspects of it. We can lean into, like, certain things being a stylistic choice or whatever they are. And they can be, as long as they're like Star Wars, right? Like, as long as it makes sense, I guess. Because it's got to make, I mean, it has to actually make sense, I feel like, you know, to a certain degree. But my point being, it can do all those things. It can pay homage to George Lucas and the prequels and do all that. And even the original trilogy, if they want to, in certain aspects. Like, we can reference anything they want. As long as it's just, like, done to a certain degree with nuance and, like, a little bit of care. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying there's no care, I guess. Because when I say, like, I'm asking for a little bit of care, it sounds like I'm saying there's no care. Yeah, like. yeah. But, but I know what you mean. Yeah. It's not that there's no care. It's just that it feels a little by the numbers. Yeah. And I think that what I wanted to say earlier where I was saying, I'll get there, Duncan. Like, let me get there self. I was saying that... Maybe part of the reason that it's okay for us to ask for this to be maybe a little more serious or a little more, I don't want to say good, like, that's not the right word, but no. done with care, I think. Again, like 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 handled by people who really are trying to make the best cinematic experience as opposed to always like a, like appealing to children. Maybe. Like, like, that, that, like I think the first thing should be that because, and mm-hmm. here's what I'm saying, in this instance at least, like, like, for this show maybe, because your audience in my opinion, and we've already griped a little bit about, like, maybe they're trying to cast too wide of a net, which is fair. Like, they should try to do that, there, I guess, if they're a business. Like, that's what, that's the that's what society they, they live in, so yeah. they should try to take they advantage of that. They gotta do it. You know, they'd be dumb you to not. 180 million people that subscribe to Disney+. Plus. They, they should try to, to get, get all of them. All to watch this. Right. But your audience should be, if you really care about, like, Star Wars and who you're making this for... It should be the fans of the prequels. Yeah. It's Ewan McGregor, who you brought up, and I didn't even get, I don't even know how I skipped over this, like, one of my favorite actors. And I'm biased because my mom was literally born in Scotland, so, like, any <laughs> Scottish actor kind of gets me going to begin with. And then, like, my first favorite movie of all time was literally The Phantom Menace. And, like, yeah. I also, whenever I would play Star Wars video games, was player two. Right. So. My dad would be player one, and I would be player two. So I was playing as Obi-Wan. He was right. playing as Qui-Gon when we would ever play a Phantom Menace game. Yeah. Right? So because of that, I was always very into... I mean, I loved Qui-Gon Jinn, don't get me wrong. But I was always... I was an Obi-Wan guy my, my whole life. I mean, I, I, I'm very much like a Han guy in the original trilogy. But for me, it's like Obi-Wan, Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is like my Star Wars guy. And it's, like, kind of the basic pick, I feel like. But it is just, like, you know... Everyone like, loves Obi-Wan for very good reason. And, like, people have said that, like, it sure wasn't Ewan McGregor's acting that was the issue. But long way to get to my point, which is that if you're really aiming for an audience of that, that audience is about 20 to 30 years old now. Maybe 35-ish, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe a little bit younger. I mean, I, you can't be much younger than us. No. To have seen all of them in theaters, really. No. You know what I mean? Or to have at we least We were, like, the a... last generation that could have really done that. Right, right. And... Because of that, I feel like your audience, or at least if you're smart, I shouldn't say smart, at least if you're doing it the right way, in my opinion, 
Again, this, these are just what we're positing. You know, these are all just our opinions. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is as fresh a take as it gets. Yeah. I mean, we literally watched the episode like 15 minutes before we started recording this. Or not even that. We like no. stopped recording. <laughs> yeah. Stopped watching and started recording. So yeah. you're getting it right away. Off the dome. But my point being is that we're not saying that what we, what, what we think would be best for Star Wars is what's best for Star Wars. Or what we want is what's best for Star Wars. We're just saying, like, these are our opinions. So take it from us if you want to. Or don't. Take it with any greatness all you want. But my point is that I guess for this series, maybe it's fair to ask for it to be less cheesy and more realistic's not the right word, and like serious isn't the right word. None of these are quite hitting like what we're saying, I don't think. Yeah. But yeah, they're like around it. It feels like you know, and it's tough because we haven't seen episode two yet, right? So, yeah, so maybe it's there. we are just going off of the pilot episode. But you you alluded to something earlier that I wanted to touch on, which mm-hmm. is you talked about Qui Gon Jinn, right? And in you, I didn't tell you this in the recap. They talk specifically, like they show the line of Yoda being like, "You communicate." Like I learned how to communicate with Qui Gon Jinn, right. and then we have the scene of Obi Wan in the cave trying to call on Qui Gon Jinn, and he doesn't show up, mm-hmm. and that felt like a, just a cruel tease. Right. You know, that that felt like something that was like to keep us here, people who are who did grow up on the prequels and who are fans of that character in particular. Mm. It's like, I want to stick around and see Qui-Gon Jinn. And I love Obi-Wan Kenobi of a, as a character, of course. It just felt like just a cruel tease, man. I wanted to see him is what it comes down to. Yeah, we might sound like big idiots though right now. We probably do. Because there's a total chance that he's in episode two and we have no idea. Yeah, because yeah, we right now possible. again, we've only seen episode one, like we've said a couple times now. But like, and I don't, I don't necessarily, because I think what you were saying right there was maybe a good point that they're trying to keep us around, like guys like you and me who want to see Qui Gon Jinn. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're smart to keep him until like episode five or six of this show. Yeah, but is that cruel? Yeah, a little bit, especially when you consider like I think there's uh, a lot of things we can potentially see in this series now. That they kept Leia completely under wraps. Yeah. And then she shows up in the very first episode. It makes me feel like, uh, boy, I don't know what's coming my way. So, this is perfect right now, actually, Gardner. You give me the segues and I just fucking... You've already pitched it right down the middle for me. I'm, I'm, I'm taking it. I'm just, gonna, just, gonna just hit hop it. on and yeah. ride it all the way to victory. So, let's talk about our predictions. We've... We've gotten through our, our general feeling of the episode. Like, again, you don't need a scene-by-scene scene breakdown. Mixed, yeah. And, like, highs yeah. are high, lows are low. But if you want a scene-by-scene scene breakdown, there's plenty of YouTube videos that'll give you all the Easter eggs and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But we're telling you how we feel about it, and that's what you're here for, hopefully. So that's how we feel about most of the episode. But I think this is perfect to talk about our predictions for what's coming up, what we want to see, what we think we'll see, what we think we've already maybe seen, because I know I have one that I brought up pretty early on that, like... I don't know. Gardner didn't seem to think I might. I wasn't too crazy for thinking it. So we'll see mm-hmm. where we go with that one. So let's start with predictions now. Let's do. Um, I guess you can just say anything, really, like anything you're predicting, like that you've seen already or that you want to see. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm gonna get some safe predictions out of the way. Okay. I'm going to predict that we're going to see Qui Gon Jinn. It was pretty heavily hinted at. Uh, so far in this first episode. And I'm also going to predict that we might see some Clone Wars flashbacks because we got that really intense nightmare scenario uh, with Obi-Wan experiencing flashbacks to things we've already seen 
in the movies, but I wouldn't be all that surprised if we saw things we haven't seen maybe in the Clone Wars enacted in live action, maybe even an Ahsoka cameo, but I think that's probably a bridge too far. All right, all fair. I was kind of a little bit surprised. I feel like when you're going safe, like, is, is Darth Maul not too safe? I feel like that's the safe. No, I don't think we're going to see Darth Maul. Any, any, I know any for a fact we're going to see Vader. Well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I don't think we're going to see Darth Maul, no. As soon as they started pushing Hayden Christensen and like, all the promos... Yeah, stuff, it's like, know. hmm, yeah, Vader, for sure. So, I guess the reason that I'm thinking this is that, like, I feel like in some of the, like, action figure type stuff, like, they've been... And this isn't, like, anything Kenobi-related, so this isn't, like, an insight that I'm like, oh, like... They released a, a toy that is spoiling what happens in episode five uh-huh. or anything. This is just a guess, but they've been kind of pushing some Darth Maul merch in other aspects in the same way that they've been pushing Qui-Gon Jinn stuff. And until you said that, like, you really think Qui-Gon Jinn is, like, a safe bet here, I wasn't thinking that. But I'm thinking now, like, well, what's a good reason to push both those guys in, like, your merch aspect if they're both showing up? In the yeah. So, I don't know. I'm going to say maybe not safe bet, but I would say that I would... Yes, I'm going to say we're going to see something with Darth Maul that is new footage. So not a flashback from old footage. like Because all the, correct me if I'm wrong, Gardner, all the footage from his nightmare scene was stuff we've already seen it in was. a movie. Yes. That's what I thought. So because of that, I'll make my guess that we're going to see a new something with Ray Park. I would love that. I love the character of Darth Maul. I just don't see that happening considering how complete his story is in... Clone Wars and Rebels, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's entirely out of the realm of possibility because we've got the Crimson Dawn comic going on right now, which follows Kira running that criminal empire after uh, the fall of Darth Maul and Darth Maul made a cameo appearance in Solo and all these things are running concurrent right now. I just feel like his story is pretty complete. Deborah Chow and her writing crew would have had to get some serious blessings from Dave Filoni and other characters to uh, include his storyline. No, I totally get that. I'm probably basing some of this on what I was thinking was like rumors around it that were probably just like fan speculations because I didn't do too much like research on like what was going to happen in this because I really was just so excited that they would bring Ewan McGregor back for a this time period type show that I was like, I don't necessarily need to do too much digging on the promo and stuff like that. Because I've said in the past, like, I've fought back on, like, you can watch trailers for certain things. Like, I've said, like, PTA is a good example. Like, I would watch a PTA trailer because he's not going to tell me what happened in the third act in his yeah. movie. Most, like, auteurs, I feel like. Yeah. You know, like, Tarantino would be an example. You're not going to know what happens in a Tarantino movie based on his trailer. <laughs> no for chance. Sure. Even if he shows you clips of the third act. Of like the third act, with, yeah. Once upon a time. Once that, yeah, exactly. But... With this one, I've found that it's not the trailers that'll kill you. It's, like, them promoting it that'll kill you. Like, again, like, why do we know that Hayden Christensen's in it? Yeah. Maybe for him. Like, maybe so he gets to do this little, like, run. I think I, it, is, it has been heartwarming to see Hayden yeah. do all these interviews and people be like, we love you as Anakin. We're so yeah. excited to have you back. That's been nice as a fan who grew up with Hayden Christensen and loved him. Right. And never had those ill feelings that a lot of people in the fandom had. Right. It's been nice to watch him get that love yeah. from our generation. And it's also like, dude, Hayden, just get online more because, like, that shit's been out there. Yeah. He's been talking about, like, in the media, like, how, like, oh, like, it's this really heartwarming to, like, like, hear this now. Like, like, people, like, we made this for these kids, which, again, like, another testament to George Lucas being right that these are kids' movies that... Yeah. 
kids like us who were kids when these prequels came out fucking loved them. Yeah. I wasn't like, well, trade dispute when I saw <laughs> Phantom Menace. I was like, that guy has two fucking lightsabers and they're attached? Yeah. What? Yeah. And do you see his face? It is red and black. It's sick. He's got horns coming out of it. That's what I saw it said. I was just like five. So I fucking loved it. Well, I was even younger when I first saw it, but I rewatched it a million times because that was like a go-to. So many times. Such a go-to. But even like, like I mean, like, Phantom Menace is my favorite of them because it was like the first movie I saw in theaters ever. And it just has a like warm spot. Like, I, like, I, like my dad went back and showed me the original tr- trilogy, obviously. But I was literally like two years old when fucking Phantom Menace came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, he was dragging me there for him. But then, like, my two-year-old self loved it so much, like, and he was like, all right, fine, we'll go again. And we, like, we went back to the theater and saw it again. But, like, so that'll always hold a place in my heart. But Clone Wars, too. Like, kids loved all of them. Like, no no, no kid was like, well, the CGI is shit. They were like, Jar Jar Binks is fucking funny, dude. That's what they yeah. said. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, that's how I felt. Always. I shouldn't speak for all kids. But, like, at I least I loved that, Jar Jar as a kid, right? dude. Like, he was fucking funny. Like, yeah. I wasn't complaining about Jar Jar. Like, he was made for kids. Just, like, I don't know. Like, I would say, like, C-3PO and R2-D2 are very much, like, for kids as well. Well, George Lucas would agree with you on that. Because he said, like, when the original trilogy came out, people complained a lot about C-3PO and R2-D2. Interesting. And same thing with, like, because I didn't know this until, like, well, I was a little bit older. But, like, when I first watched the original trilogy, like, Ewoks had nothing. Like, I had no problem with Ewoks. Mm. You know what I mean? I watched them and I was like, oh, those are little teddy bear guys. Those are part of Star Wars. For me, anything that, like happened in the original trilogy was like always lore because that was all happened before i was even fucking born you know what i mean so for me like coming at it it wasn't like a, oh this is the third movie in the franchise they're like ruining it with these like kids teddy bears and yeah. it. it was it like just, no this is part of the canon it's always it been there. is what it is right yeah. exactly and uh i think we're kind of just advocating for star wars here a little, a little bit but i do want to get back to the predictions where i was saying that i had one that I think that, and this the first one I think is a little bit more, like, maybe they're even telling you this a little bit, like, not explicitly, but they're kind of, like, wanting you to think this already, but Benny Safdie's character, who did they give him a name? Uh, I didn't catch it. I think yeah. they did in the subtitles, but I... Yeah, I'm sure either in the in the subtitles or the credits we get a name for him, so our apologies. Again, we were trying to rush through this so we could get you the episode, so we could record this, because we were so excited, so we didn't watch any credits, and uh, no rewinding was done either, so... Yeah. Only one watch here. So, with that being said, that character, I think, is probably one of those five children that we see in the beginning. And I also think, and this is less of a safe bet, but I think that the woman who is the third sister yes, is also one of the children. And I, again, I haven't rewatched it, so I don't know if, like, their ages necessarily make sense. But, like, they both seem pretty young. And, like, I know that Benny Sethi, like you were saying, he's probably play, playing young in this. Yeah, I think he's playing down on his age. Because he's, like, mid-30s or something like that. But Yeah. Yeah. He also doesn't look like that, I don't think. No, like, his character, think, at least, doesn't I think look like that. his character doesn't look like that with the clothes they put him in and, like, makeup and everything. I think he's probably supposed to be around uh, mid to late 20s. Yeah. Which, or early teens, early 20s. Yeah, Which I'm thinking, like, early fit. to mid-20s is what I was, yeah. like, picturing in my head. Yeah. And again, like, does he necessarily look that young? No, no but, but I can buy it. But w- that would also, that would make sense for us if this prediction works, that he would be that age. Because, again, like, I'm not that great with, like, how old a kid actually is, but, like, 7, or <laughs> yeah, seven no, to 10, either. 7 to 12 those yeah. kids were, maybe. It's all kind I don't of know. The same. In that opening scene, me and Garter don't know how old those younglings were exactly, but they were, again, like probably around 7 to 12 years old. So that timeline 10 years down the road would make them from like 17 to 22-ish now. And like, yeah. 
I do think that like the third sister looks a little bit younger than Safty does. So like if she's yes. supposed to be playing that, if they're, I think they're probably again. I, I'm predicting that they're both from that five, that group of five. Could be. I mean, they, it was very deliberate to open with that scene. Yes, because then you know? now you're wondering where are they, and it's also it's not just a fuck yeah moment, but it was a fuck yeah moment. It was, but, but it's also like sad. Right, and it's like, where are those, you know, where are those kids? And it doesn't show them, like, it shows them running out. They're, like, left to... I mean, that's, like, storytelling is telling you that they're still out there somewhere, or at least that we're going to find out... By not showing them get cut down. Right. It's like, okay, they're still out there. Right, exactly. I think we're all on the same page there. And so those are my two big predictions. I guess my bigger one is the third sister one. I think that she's going to end up having been a Jedi youngling. Because also it's like, Mm -hmm. where do... Where would a Sith... I guess not, maybe this is me not knowing more, but where would the Sith get like well, uh, someone that age from? I guess that's you a never question. did finish Jedi Fallen ah, Order, it, yeah. and so the I want to say ninth sister, but I might be wrong. Oh, I didn't know that. I was that part, yeah. a former Padawan. I think it's that part. Yeah. Yes. So I choice. think it might be kind of a retread of that storyline, right? But so is there is there another way for them to get them? I guess was is would be my question. Like, is there another way? Are they recruiting like young? Uh, there like, was a storyline in the Clone Wars where Cad Bane was trying to steal like a holocron that had, uh, Jedi younglings like location like potential younglings, uh, locations in the galaxy and like go kidnap them. Potential ones, not ones that had been in the like you know how they take younglings to the temple when they're like two years old or some shit. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. But as far as I know, um, subsequent to that, the Empire didn't really have that information. So obviously, like, there is a chance that she was found through other means. But, like, to me at least, it feels like she's, like, the perfect age for it. She's, like you said, Gardner, a new character. You said this to me when we were watching it before recording, that she's a new character. Like, the Inquisitor and the Fifth Brother are not. Right. So she is a new character that we have met from Rebels before. Or anywhere else before. Nope. And oh, brand new. Right. And that's obviously, like I said, different from the other two Inquisitors. The Inquisitor and the third brother. The Grand Inquisitor Sorry. and the fifth brother, I think. I'm saying, th- yeah, third sister, fifth brother. I yeah, 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 there we Third go. brother. Said there we go. All right, like I said, one watch. Real quick, getting <laughs> back to you guys. Give me a break. The fact that I even, like, I usually can't even remember the guy, people's names and anything. Yeah, I'll tell right. you the actors' names, usually. That's it. So, you know, you're going to have to give us a break here. Or give me a break, I should say. It's me doing it. So, those are our predictions for what is to come. What we maybe have already seen. Like I said, I think maybe we've seen some of those characters from that opening scene. And uh, let us know. We're going to watch episode two. But you let us know, if you haven't seen episode two yet, what you think is coming next. And if you've already seen episode two, let us know what you think is coming in episode three and on. In our DMs, on Twitter, wherever. I'll tell you at the end of the episode how to find us on there but we'd love to hear from you guys your predictions so gardner we've been talking we haven't like i said hit every scene or anything but we've talked about what we feel about it like our gripes again it's the pilot so it's not necessarily like we've complained a little bit we have complained we have complained, we have complained. so but it's not necessarily like we're not writing I'm it still off for optimistic. Example. yeah i just uh i feel like a lot of this stuff is like first episode problems right and it does, like, I didn't say this yet, but it does, it suffers in some senses from prequel syndrome. Yep. There was a scene with Uncle Owen where he was supposed to be, like, in danger, and I was like, dude, 
I am not worried whatsoever. I looked at you. I was like, I'm not worried whatsoever about him we right now. We know he's going to be fine. Right? And then there's the, of course, he gets saved from, like, whatever it is. Like, it's it ends up being the fifth yeah, brother. Oh, being they're like, not looking for Obi-Wan. They're looking for Benny Safdie. Yeah. She's Shocker. like, leave him alone. Like, we're not, yeah. Yeah. It's, and, of course, it's like, he was. she was barking up the right tree. Like, that's very yeah, like, ironic. She's got too. the force sensitivity. She knows that he's hiding something. Right. Another hint that she's a former Padawan. I do, I do think that that might end up, yeah. I feel like they're hinting at that movie. Yes. So, Gardner, do you want to touch on anything specifically? We've, like I said, been very broad about everything. No, no, not specifically. I feel like everything I wanted to get specific about, I did. I'm ready to get into ratings and all that jazz. You know what I always say? We got to put our money where our mouth is, and Gardner really wants to pay up right now, it sounds like. Absolutely. So, without any further ado, why have me ramble on any longer? Let's just get into Gardner's final thoughts and his rating of... Kenobi. I'm gonna say season one, episode one. Just I'm gonna be you real be optimistic. Re- I know it's not gonna happen. Yeah, I know it's never gonna happen. But I love the universe so much that yeah. you know what they would have said five years ago that this would never happen. So who knows? True. Maybe they do another one. Even and they've even been marketing this very heavily as a limited series, but Loki was a limited series. There you go. Fargo was a mini series, and they got four seasons out of it. So. You never know is all I'm saying, and I would never like to, you know, if I was Disney, I would have the McGregor on contract forever, probably. (laughs) If I was any, any, you know, if I had the money, I would just, I'd hire him to walk around with me all the time. Yeah, same. You know, if if I had the the means, then uh, you and McGregor would be in my budget, but I would, he would have to, uh, he would have to want to be there. And he probably would if you're a big enough Star Wars fan. He's cool like that. He seems to be a nice guy, honestly. He seems to want to talk about um, his movies and not to be shy about the Star Wars aspect of it either. No. Like, he seems very happy about, to talk yeah. about that. And I uh, should have won an Oscar for Moulin Rouge. He wasn't even nominated. I should toss that in there. I'm going to. Yeah, I, yeah, I just did. I just did. <laughs> so, Ewan McGregor, National Treasure, Gardner. I just said I wasn't going to ramble. I did anyway. Series 1, Episode 1, Kenobi. Final thoughts and rating. The floor is yours. Yeah, so um, overall, I have mixed feelings on this episode. I think it had a lot of uh, really great stuff and then some stuff that kind of dragged down for me. I liked that they hid the Leia reveal. I like that they have Leia in here. I like the portrayal of her so far overall as, you know, very sassy and having a lot in common with her mom. I just feel like a lot of the dialogue and uh, uh, other elements of that storyline are not going so well. Same with the Inquisitors. I really think the strongest stuff here so far has to do with Obi-Wan specifically, which no big surprise. The show is called Obi-Wan Kenobi. That should be our main focus overall. And we didn't even see him until 14 and a half minutes into the episode. So um, a rocky start, but I'm not completely dissuaded yet. I'm going to give it seven flat buried lightsabers out of 10 that's being optimistic i kind of want to give it less but i want to be nice so i think maybe i'm gonna be a little bit more optimistic on it i think that and that necessarily shouldn't affect my rating of this episode but i think that i'm more optimistic on what we've been shown so far i guess in the sense that i think that this episode really wanted to be good in a lot of aspects or really wanted to be great in a lot of aspects and was at certain points like it started off like i thought like if it just kept going from where it was like it kept mm-hmm. with that intensity I would have been, like, bouncing off the walls. Like, I don't know if I would have been able to record this episode. <laughs> Had it all been as sick as that, like, I would have just been, yeah. like, shitting my pants. So, it would have been insane um, had they done all that. But it only makes you think that, you know, they could do better. They could do worse in certain aspects, obviously, because they couldn't 
they could just not have those great scenes in them but i want them to be off the walls that good all the time and i think that like you said like the scenes with obi-wan for the most part are great because i mean obviously you have you mcgregor in those scenes also so that's like part of it but it is just very cool to have him back it working when he's back at least some of it doesn't work on like alderaan with leia for sure i agree with pretty much everything you said gardner if not everything and some other aspects don't work either like the pacing at first with that exposition scene is very slow like they don't even it takes them too long to even get to the bar when they're walking up yeah for example like it's like i don't know i'm gonna guess 30 seconds but like it's just too long it's like all right, we need to be in the bar talking to this bartender already like you're, you're yeah. doing too many if you're gonna do a scene like this hurry it up right it's like we don't need like five establishing shots we certainly don't need them all walking up that much i don't know but so like some of the pacing and stuff like that and like some of the editing was very weird i thought like i, I think i mentioned like Again, I'm probably too dumb to even, like, comment on any of this kind of stuff, because I don't really know what any of it actually means. Like, I'm, I'm more of, like, a feel guy. But the cinematography and the editing at certain points felt a little bit flat in the sense of Marvel movies that are flat sometimes because of how they're pumped out, I think. Not because of anyone not being talented or anything like that, and I do really enjoy most of the Marvel movies. Tune into our Tuesday episodes for the MCU stuff. I have gripes about a lot of the Marvel stuff, and so does Gardner. He's voiced some of them on stuff, but we both enjoy... For the most part, we like to see the movies. Yeah. Like, we go to the theaters for when they come out, oh, stuff yeah. like that. We enjoy them. But we can criticize them as well. And that's one of my criticisms, is, like, sometimes the cinematography and, like, stuff like that is flat. And sometimes the editing is a little bit, like, weird. Like, why did we just show this right here? Like, some of the the stuff with, with Young Leo, I was like, why did we just, why did we cut to that real quick? Like, I don't, I don't know. But because of that, like, it's just, like, on a technical level, some of it felt, like, weird and... Again, like, I kept saying, like, I want it to be, like, handled with care. And, like, like the people really do care about it. I think, like, Deborah Chow cares about it. I do think she cares about it. I, I know think... the actors care about it. Yeah, big time. But it's, like, is it maybe, like, sometimes, like, being too much of the Star Wars machine as opposed to being, like, Star Wars from the heart? Does that make sense? It makes sense. I know exactly what you mean. I do have a rating in there somewhere, I swear. So, when I say that I think it's great or wants to be great, but it's not. I think it wants to be in the eight range. I think it could even get into the nine ranges if it really, like, like I said, like excelled past like with the opening scene that intensity. Yeah. And it might later this season. Maybe it will. I hope so. But it didn't in this episode. But like when I say it really wants to be an eight, I'm gonna give it seven point nine intact Alderons out of ten. Yes. Quick shout out to actually getting to see Alderon. Right. That was awesome. And then I did laugh. I I know Gardner, you heard this. The listeners didn't. When he's talking to Bale is to Leia about like, you know, you're gonna have to like take care of all these people, this, that, and the other. You gotta make sure like one day they're gonna look to you to like save them. And it's like, dude, we know that doesn't work. Like, and it's not her fault, obviously. Like, no one's blaming Leia for what happens to Alderaan in episode four. No, it's just a bit of dramatic irony. It's just like, oh my gosh, we're saying this to this little girl who we know is gonna grow up to have that happen. Yeah. And who like the joke in the original movie is that like Luke is more upset about this loss of ben who is like who is ben to to luke really yeah in the grand scheme of things then leia is about losing her whole fucking planet that she grew up on yes right which is like that's like what movies like disaster movies are about is like what if the earth is gone yeah obviously we don't have Leia just shrugs it off yeah we don't have a galaxy so it's a little different like there's no vader rocking around which is probably a good thing but there's also no like we don't get to talk to aliens which is probably a bad thing so that would be fun <laughs> yeah but because of that it's like all right like it is a little bit like we don't we can't understand what it would be like but it's still like got to be worse than that like you got to react a little bit more than that which is just, it's all again just to say that it's like funny um now we're just talking to my unit 
the Alderaans. Yeah, but yeah, right. shout out to that. We love talking about Star Wars. We love Kenobi. I love Kenobi in general. I told you he's like one of my favorites. And I think we were both very excited for this. So you can tell by this episode that we were ready to talk about it. Even if we had only watched it once and we're kind of just going, like I said, off the dome and very like rapid fire thoughts. I think that you can hopefully tell that we are very passionate about this and uh, hopefully you want to look forward to our future episodes on this. So if you are looking forward to that, then look no further than tomorrow. That's right. Tomorrow we are releasing episode two of this mini series on Kenobi. So that'll be episode two of the show releasing tomorrow on Sunday, end of the week, six episodes this week. Very special for you guys. So on top of that, we have our Monday episode, like I said, that'll be on nostalgia. The Tuesday, going through MCU, we have Iron Man 2 this Tuesday. On Thursday, we have our bonus episode, which I cannot spoil for you yet. And on Friday, we have an interview, which I cannot spoil for you yet. So, stay tuned for those. I can say that I am very excited for the upcoming week. And if you want, you can always keep track of us by following us on our social media platforms. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, at GoodDataPod, and on Facebook, at GDT Podcast. We post about all our new episodes there. But if you're really worried about missing an episode, subscribe to us on any platform that you listen to podcasts. That's right, folks. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, all the free ones, Good Pods, anything you can listen to them on. We're there. You can find us by searching the letters G-D-T, and then you can subscribe to us. Leave a five-star review if you really want to. We love those. And you'll never miss an episode. So find us on those social medias. Find us on your app listening platform. Be sure to listen to future episodes. Check out our back catalog of episodes. And thank you to you guys, our listeners, for sticking around to the end of this episode. We appreciate you. Thank you to our recurring listeners. Thank you to our new listeners. Like I said, I hope this one got you interested and you want to listen to more. So that's it for GDT Podcast this week. Like I said, we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in, folks. As always. We love you, and we can't wait to see you on the next one.